Hello, and welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. If you don't want a cookie-cutter, generic home, and instead you want a beautiful, meaningful home that's layered with personality, then you are going to be so inspired by the conversations we have on this show. We talk about why the environments we create matter and how to set up our rooms to evoke specific feelings and experiences that are right for you wherever you are in your life right now. I'm Zandra, your host and creator of the Slow Style Home Framework that teaches you how to make really thoughtful and informed decisions about your home rather than chasing current trends that may not last or staying stuck with rooms you hate, feeling overwhelmed with too many choices. Right now, when you join our monthly membership, the Slow Style Society, you'll get a personalized deep dive into your vision of what a dream home looks and feels like. And together, we'll come up with a plan on how to achieve that. If that sounds pretty awesome to you, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society for all of the details. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later on. Right now, let's just jump into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Style Matters Podcast. I'm Zandra, your host, and I am so glad you're here. If you're looking for ways to love your home, enhance its beauty, and above all, make it a place that both nurtures you and inspires you, then you're in the right place. On this show, I talk with the most thoughtful designers, stylists, and artists in the industry about why our environments have such a huge impact on our overall happiness and whether or not we go through our days uplifted or dragged down. I pick their brains for how they do what they do and how we can apply it to our own homes. I believe everyone deserves to have beauty in their lives, and if it's lacking in yours or if you just can't get enough of gorgeous interiors, this show is for you. I'm so glad you found us. This episode is a quiet one. It's personal, and I'm really happy to share this designer with you. Her name is Christine Vroom, and she works out of California and primarily does luxury design. We talk about two of my favorite projects of hers, and you'll have to check out the show notes page for this episode at littleyellowcouch.com to see some of the stunning photography. But Christine generously also opens up about depression, an eating disorder, and mental health issues overall, and how it affects both her personally and how it has shaped her work with clients. She's just lovely. Let's get started. Christine Vroom, welcome to the Style Matters Podcast. I am so delighted to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I, I've read that you've been part of the LA design scene since you were 16. And so we have to start there. 16. That's crazy. What, tell us about the beginning. How did you get started? Yeah. So my dad dated a woman when I was, I think, younger than a teenager. I think I was 11 and she was an interior designer. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, I, I want to do this. So I went on AOL.com and was like, interior designer, didn't know how to spell it. And right. I just, it was sort of like the 
the meeting that started the dream and they eventually broke up and I stayed connected with her. And so she (laughs) hired me when I was 16. Wow. To, yeah, just be like a little assistant, you know, packing pillows and labeling. And it was just sort of my, my forever dream. Wow. I, I just, that's so sweet that you did that and put yourself out there starting at age 11, but then even at 16, a lot of 16 year olds are really shy and self-conscious and they would never, you know, approach an adult about a job possibility, especially when I'm assuming this job didn't exist. It's not like you were applying to an ad. It was sort of, Hey, can I come work for you? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like more of her too. She, she knew that I wanted to do that and she's like, this would be good for you, you know? And so, so it was really cool, you know, and then I went straight into design school and then I started my business right out of college. Right. Right. Okay. So let's talk about those years because I'm, I know that during your, your young adult years, presumably college and, and probably after you were suffering through some very dangerous, I would say, mental health issues. And I really appreciate you being open to talking about this. Please share anything you'd be willing to on this topic and tell us how you came out of this journey. I mean, it's probably still something you're working on. I've talked about my own journey with depression on another episode of this podcast. And, and so I know that it's not like it's it's over, but but I know you're mm-hmm. on the other side. So tell us what that was like for you. Yeah, it's funny because anxiety and depression and anything mental health starts when you're starts when you're young, you know, that you kind of things happen to you, trauma or just your life story kind of creates these kind of dark periods and 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 so I think obviously it would start young. I always had like an anxious temperament, just kind of divorced child going back and forth and and kind of not really fitting in, 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 in school, because I, I just was a creative person. And I felt like academically, you know, school is for academic children. Mm. <laughs> and so <laughs> I just wasn't that I, I was very much like more abstract. I was a gymnast, and I didn't have any of my own self worth and value that I, I think I had that had been cultivated in me. And so mm-hmm. I, I started getting into trouble and looking for my peace elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, like drugs and drinking and got in trouble and just had to go through a plethora of things, always kind of seeking for, you know, just, I'm not really sure. I know now, but I think back then you, you, you just don't know. And right. so you think um, you're just drinking and doing drugs because it's, it's fun. It's an escape. It's social, you know, but there were some real reasons why you were following those things. Exactly. Now looking back, you can, it's obvious when you just start, (laughs) it's just more obvious. than when you put all those, those things together and, and just, I think, especially for, for young girls, you know, trying to find, figure out who, who am I? Like, what, what am I doing in this world? Where is my place? And yeah, so you start dabbling and that dabbling leads you into all different ventures of of life. And so I developed an eating disorder when I was 18 years old. I went, I had a, a boyfriend who it was just harmless, like, let's get into fitness together. Mm. And or actually he was in fitness, but you know, let's work out together and eat healthy. And, and those in it, that, that just took a really dark turn for me personally. And again, just the temperament and the personality type. And I, I finally found something that 
I could do that wasn't scary. <laughs> that was right, or bad for you needs. necessarily. Yeah. Right. Like everybody's like, oh, me. working out, eating healthily. What could go wrong? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, what could go wrong? Oh my gosh. And so, yeah, it turned into a full-blown eating disorder. I was anorexic for all of my adult life, to be honest, up until three years ago, I went into wow. recovery. So yeah, it was lots of ups and downs and different types of eating disorders and over-exercising and, and just trying to really calm the storm within and using, mm. using that as a coping mechanism. And that is the story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, this story. Whole and that whole time you're, you're working, I mean, you're building a business, you are designing. So what, what, what did you find the connection to be between mental health and the environments you were creating for yourself? Or maybe, maybe it was, maybe you were, maybe you didn't have the time or the energy to create an, a peaceful environment for yourself. Maybe you were only doing that for your clients, but, but what did working in design and working with beauty do for your own mental health? And was it something you cling to, you know, were your surroundings ultra important to you? Or was it sometimes difficult to appreciate beauty because you're in the throes of depression? You know, it's funny because I, the more I think about this, the, I talk about it with my therapist too, but I mean, being in this design industry, it's, it's, it's basically an interior beauty industry, like mm -hmm. a, yeah. for homes. Yeah. And right. A lot of perfectionism at play, you know, being perfect and having these details just in a certain way. And, you know, everything has to look a certain way and be doing things yeah. a certain way so that this person can do this and build this. And, and there's just yeah. a lot of bits and parts and pieces that I think play against somebody with anxiety and depression because they're exactly what you already do to yourself. Right. <laughs> so. I never really thought about it that way, but you're absolutely right. Perfection is what is expected of you when someone hires you. It, it really Otherwise is. they do it themselves, right? I mean, exactly. Yeah. And, and you have to be nearly perfect, especially working with different personality types. You know, it, it, it could be easier and it could be harder because people have different levels of expectation. But also if I'm, if I'm presenting a design and a concept, I also have to present how to build this concept, what, what I'm drawing, you know, and, mm. and if I make a mistake, it could be built <laughs> wrong, you know? <laughs> right, and so right. there's, there's this pressure. I think my work, it brings me a lot of purpose, brings me a lot of joy, but I think I, I haven't, hadn't been able to really experience the fullness of it because of that tug of war within myself of like, mm. I have to be perfect for myself in here, in my personal mind. And I have to be perfect at work. And right. it was kind of exasperating it in a way, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. dramatizing the way that I felt. But, you know, on an, another side, I mean, there's, there's this really helpful part of work as an outlet, like it is my creative expression. And sure. having that I, I, you know, it's, it's really like what I live for is to when I'm in my creative zone, whether I'm working or even painting or doing something that I feel is just for me, being able to use my creative abilities, it's helpful. So it's yeah. just, it's kind of a hard road to navigate, which is why we call in experts <laughs> to help us. <laughs> right, right. Thank you, therapist. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, team. Yeah. So now that you're aware of that, you're aware of the dangers of perfectionism, 
do you find yourself ever counseling your clients about letting go of some of their perfectionism that they must feel under pressure to present to the world inside their homes? I mean, has that, has your, your issue, have your issues with perfectionism changed how you see the role of interiors at all to, to kind of alleviate some of that? We'll be back after a quick break. I assume you're here because you want a one-of-a-kind, personality-filled home, right? Well, in order to have that, you need to define and develop your signature style. When you do that, you're going to understand how to mix what you already have with new things you find, focusing on who you are and what you love, putting it all together in a cohesive way. So what's stopping you? Well, let me know if this sounds about right. Not enough time, not enough money, and a lack of creativity or design knowledge, which makes you feel overwhelmed and insecure about pulling the trigger and changing things up. This is why I created the Slow Style Society, to help you take action on making your dream home a reality. It's part social club for people who like to just geek out on design and part hands-on learning experience where you get better and better at making decor decisions for each room in your home. And for the next few weeks, I'm offering all new members an additional one-on-one style session with yours truly. So I'll take you through the lessons so you know exactly what to focus on inside the Slow Style Framework in what order, and you'll have a personalized support system from me to get you there. Go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society so we can get started right away. Let's not wait for that imaginary perfect time to create your beautiful, meaningful home. Again, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society. Okay, back to the episode. Yeah, you know what it has helped me do, I guess, like, taking into consideration my, my client's mental health too. So, you know, it has kind of opened my eyes. I mean, I think one of my own personal, I think gifts, I think in my, I, I I like to connect with people. I feel like I can connect with people. I just kind of go to that deeper level pretty quick. And I found that going through all the things that I've been through has softened me to people. You know, I mean, maybe their, their husband's battling cancer or their, you can sense the marital issues or their kids are having a hard time and they're really like, you know, internalizing all that. And there's just so much that there's so much that we go through. And so here they are now building a home or doing a remodel, spending a lot of money, moving out of their house. There's just so much stress. Yeah. And so I'm able to be more compassionate. The space that I like to take is just being empathetic to the Mm -hmm. fact that, you know, this is just one piece of their life. And if I can do anything to alleviate that by being understanding or being helpful, or maybe working a little extra, you know, for this particular person to make them feel calm, that Mm. might just be my role for that particular time. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Obviously Mm -hmm. I have to have my own boundaries. Um, But again, like it just, it just makes you really want to be a part of somebody's story in a positive way mm. because of the things that I've been through. And I'm sure they can sense that. Yeah, I hope not so. Just, <laughs> yeah, not just while you're working with them. But not at, every day, I'll tell you that. Right, right. 
<laughs> but some days, I hope they yes. do. Are there, t- are there kinds of environments, kinds of rooms, particular decor choices, design choices that, that you feel like foster more positive feelings? Hmm. Well, I think it's subjective. I think you have to start with listening. What is what is peace and calm mean to them? Maybe for someone like minimalism is mm. what they need in their life. And maybe for someone else, like a lot of fun, whimsical patterns would, mm-hmm. would really speak to them. And so I think it's subjective to the to the client. Yeah. And I do think that that's what people are looking for is for you to get them, right? Yes. Which is an interesting thing when you're going to hire a designer because you're mostly hiring based on photographs of what they've done for other people. Yes. And yet you don't want the designer to copy anything they've done for someone else. So so this, this, this relationship that you're building with them is really important. And I really appreciate that you're saying that calm is not necessarily what we are kind of bombarded with on Instagram or in magazines or whatever, where, where, where anytime you, you hear the word, a calm, serene retreat, yes. right? It's yeah. always n- all neutral colors, very mm. minimalistic, you know, a lot of like no extra ornamentation. <laughs> and, but I think you're right. And I want to push back against that and say, well, for some people, maybe feeling calm is feeling like you're surrounded by the things that you love, which means yes. you might have a lot going on in your room, you know? Maybe. And for that particular person, that works. Then we can't be the judge of that choice. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, honestly, I was just looking at this sort of off note, but somebody sent me this, like, it was her for her daughter. Mm-hmm. And her daughter loves, like, these, like, thrown together like the bed was messy and you know and and I'm looking at it and I'm like oh my god I need to clean the room in the picture you know (laughs) and to this and I couldn't even think straight no and she's a teenager so obviously there's different things going on but for her particular room what would make her feel calm or feel good or cool or whatever she wants to feel in there it's like you know not even tidy and so it really just and and her style and what makes her feel good and calm will change in a year and five years and 20 years and 50 years. We evolve and we're changing and we're growing and maybe something happens and we just, we no longer can deal with that specific look anymore. Cause it, you know, may trigger us. I don't know, but yeah. I'm just sensitive to the fact that like, there is this evolution of, of your, I guess your spirit in a way where the things that you were drawn to that may make you feel calm, that may have helped your depression or your anxiety or your space, your space changes along with you. I, I couldn't agree more. And I and I I think we need to be responsive to that and honor the changes that we've gone through, the transformations that we've made, the new phases of life we're entering, and not live in who we were visually. Right. five years ago, if we've changed, right? Because I feel like that almost can kind of hold us back, like go yeah. ahead and let your space evolve. Yeah, exactly. those are those are such great points. Yeah. Before we continue with the conversation, I want to jump in here for a minute and introduce you to my slow style approach to creating a home you love. Just like it sounds, slow style means taking your time and letting your home evolve by responding to what's going on in the rest of your life and reflecting who you are and who you want to become. 
Now, I know that sounds really abstract, but I don't want you to think that slow style means you're just waiting around for inspiration to strike. I know you need practical, hands-on ways to actually develop your signature style. And that's what I'm passionate about, taking the mystery out of creative thinking when it comes to design and helping you define what your dream home actually looks like. And the best way to start is to get really clear on what your style is. Now, I'm not talking about style categories like I'm farmhouse or I'm boho. I'm talking about a -a one-of-a-kind definition that is very specific to who you are. And we've got a blueprint that will help you do just that. It's our free style guide. I'll walk you through some questions and get you thinking about how you want to show up in your home. Just go to littleyellowcouch.com and click on the free style guide button right there on the homepage. I can't wait to see what you come up with. And I'm going to ask you, so don't be surprised when we start having a back and forth conversation about your home. I'm all in and I hope you are too. All right, let's get back to the episode. I would love to talk about some of your specific designs that, that I really loved and, and, and have you kind of maybe pick apart for us how you came to make certain decisions and what those decisions were based on. So the first one I want to talk about is a project called Via Sonoma. Mm-hmm. And you, th- there's just a ridiculous amount of detail and I, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. First, describe for us what they're seeing and then pick out some of the, the details, your favorite details that you chose. Okay. So Via Sonoma, I love this home too. I actually love the clients too. They they are very creative people. So he is in the, I'd say entertainment industry and he has very creative and the, the, the wife is artistic and they're both just very saturated with culture too. So mm-hmm. this is a Spanish home. They wanted it to feel old, but new. They wanted to introduce elements from their travels, going to France and some Moroccan items and elements and just different aspects of all these kind of different Mediterranean feeling Mm. cultures. So we have a lot of that. So Prescott and Johnson's the architect on this, they're amazing. And then CNC partners built it. And, and so when you walk in, you're walking into this grand octagonal space, the ceiling is kind of double elevated with beams and to the right, there's these beautiful Moorish archways and you kind of peekaboo into the kitchen and the dining. It's beautiful, kind of just simple, but special tile details. And then to the left is master primary suite wing. And there's these really gorgeous handmade doors we had made Mm -hmm. in Mexico that we, yeah, that we have down. And then there's mud, just beautiful detail. I mean, I can go on and on about the tile work. (laughs) Tile alone is just amazing. Yeah. And like, I mean, they were afraid of no color. All color is welcome here. Yes. So I don't think even the photos do it justice. And we didn't, we don't even have all the, all the the spaces on there, but it, it was a, a very fun house to design and a little challenging in that old meets new, you know, you don't want okay. it to function old, but you want it to feel new, but you want it to have elements of old. So there is a little bit of that fusion there. And how would you give us some examples of that? Because I think that's something that, that people do want. They, 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 especially people who sort of appreciate history or if you have a home like this one that has so many architectural details that are that are so distinctive, you, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to honor it, right? You're not, you know, I mean, you right. got to deal with it. So 
so how did you how did you kind of walk that line between old and new? Can like if you could think of some examples? Yeah, I mean, I think it's basically, I mean, new meaning like when you open a drawer, you don't want it to fall out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? right. It's you know, not. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you know, if you walk into an old home and you're like, oh my god, this is so sweet and quaint, and then you like you're in the kitchen, you're like, nope, couldn't live with this. And right. Nothing so, works. Yeah. <laughs> nothing works. So I mean, everything is in terms of new. It's like beautiful cabinetry and obviously beautiful appliances and like the function of the home is new and taking elements of old like we wanted the tile to be hand painted like actually made and maybe the the beams we wanted like to beat them up so they were distressed and old looking so those kind of architectural elements were our old and then the functionality of the space was our new yes okay that makes a lot of sense (laughs) <laughs> on the stair, on this grand stairway that that you see when you walk in, there the the fronts of each of the you know, of the risers of the of the stairs are all tiled, and they're different tiles. I mean, you could have yes. chosen the same tile right. for every single riser, and that that also would have been stunning and statement making. But but you went the extra step and chose different tiles. Is that yeah. part of the? Is that just because the client was really wanted to embrace a more eclectic kind of feel or, or was that you saying we're going to take old world tiles and, or the craft of making them, but we're going to make it more modern by switching them up on every riser? Yeah, no, a little bit of both. I mean, the client, they were both very, the more the merrier. So we almost had to pare down and say, okay, let's just choose three. Unless just oh. choose two, two for the door to kind of make sense of everything, yes. and pairing three tiles that are completely different patterns. And what I kept trying to remind myself through the process was Europe feels very effortless to me. You know, it's like yes, that's a good like, word especially for Spain. It. It's just like Meh, these tiles will do, and they mm-hmm. install them, and they're not even really like installed perfectly. And we're like, <laughs> oh my god, did you see the tile in this church or whatever? You go so to? Be- it's just dripping beauty. It's, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I tried to remind myself, let's just do it, and and just sort of do these very unexpected things. Like my, I think my favorite, my favorite element is those beautiful Moorish archways leading into the kitchen oh. and the family, and then right under them is this gorgeous chartreuse green and gold star tile just right in the walkway in between it breaks up the wood floor to the wood floor so it's just really special transition Mm. and you know it's little things like that I think what also keeps it all from being over the top is that the walls are all white yes very simple I think depending on the area of Spain I mean they use a lot of like terracotta tones and yellows and oranges but that kind of more Spanish colonial is very wood and white. Right, right. And but but like you said, these people are clearly not afraid of color or pattern. No, no. <laughs> and the art in the house, I mean, they uh, have beautiful, bright, colorful art. So it's sort of like, let's just let these things do the talking. Yes, right. It's yeah. good. It's it's right. You know, you knew when to not use color and when to use color. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Let's let's move on to another one of your homes called Marco. And unlike a lot of the places you've designed, this one, well, first of all, you you I think you refer to it as a cottage. Yeah. Many of your projects, I I, I think because of the clientele that you work with, they're they're kind of saturated in luxury. I mean, I I would call them luxury design. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and therefore there's a lot of statement making 
pieces going on. This one is small and it's, and yet somehow you were still able to bring in some statement making moments without overwhelming the space. So could you describe that for us and kind of talk to us through how you made those decisions? Yeah. I mean, a good project always starts with amazing client. You know, she has phenomenal taste. She, she loved like, let's say like upscale London, like Soho London and, you know, San Francisco loft and that kind of feel. But then we have this home that's like classic cottage, like a little small home in, in Venice. So there's this, it's like cottage elevated. And that's kind of, I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but there is a little luxury in here, but it's just a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. And I mean, for instance, on a couple of windows, you you only have the, the drapery, the window treatments on one side of the window, which kind of opens up the feeling of that room. But then that asymmetry, it just works. It, it, it just feels like you said, a little bit more casual, a little bit more easygoing. Yes. She wanted it to be very comfortable. And, and again, I'm using that word effortless. Okay. Yeah. One thing that is, we have to talk about is the striking bar area. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. I mean, first just describe it for us. And was it hard to pull off? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) It was hard to pull off. So the bar, it's just like a little nook in this dining space. And I, it, nothing was there before. It was just like a bar cart someone put there, I think. So we did some built-ins in there, got her a wine fridge and some adequate alcohol storage. And then we wanted, I think at first we talked about the back of the bar to be marble, kind of mm. let waterfalls down to the counter. And I'm like, let's make these shelves marble. Yes. And the contractor was like, no, no, no. And I'm like, we're doing it. So he had to open the wall and put the steel rods that come out. And we had to, we, I wanted also the veining to continue waterfall. That's over. what's amazing. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm telling you the slab fabricator was an, an art, an artist. So, you know, just kind of drips down every, every single shelf and lands on the counter. It's just this beautiful, beautiful work of art. I mean, the veining and just, it's so rich but also very simple. It's just marble and a little bit of navy paint. <laughs> well, and you and you don't have it anywhere else. I mean, it's, right, in, exactly. it's, it's that, in that niche and it, and it, it is like there's a piece of artwork on in that niche. I mean, it just looks so striking. You almost don't even want to put anything on there. <laughs> on the shelves, right. I, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. Keep the glassware to a minimum. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Definitely no beautiful. colored glass, right? It's got to be clear. It got to be... <laughs> Yeah, you <laughs> to detract. Exactly, no colors. And and moving into the bathroom or one of the bathrooms, I don't know if there's two bathrooms or not, but I'm looking at the one where there's marble floor, but uh, the humble subway tile in the, on the walls, but it is this <laughs> cobalt blue. Very cobalt. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really awesome. But what I love is that in the same house, you've got this this the sort of humble you know subway tile <laughs> mixed mm-hmm. with this grand marble marble um drink area and and it's the, for the same person and i really appreciate that this person was client of yours was willing to show different sides of her personality that everything didn't have to be at this at the luxe scale of marble of the marble yes 
Yes, exactly. That's actually a very good way to kind of look at that. I mean, just imagine if there was that in the bathrooms and the kitchen, it's like, Ooh, like overkill, you know? And so, yeah. And the, the blue, I mean, for me, I remember being like shocked a little, I'm like, so how about this like blue, I just sneak it in. And, and she's like, Oh, I love that. You know? And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. So, you know, it it still feels like a serene bathroom. It it, it doesn't is, feel crazy. It just feels kind of stunning. Like I said, like there's just a lot of stunning statement making moments in this place. Yeah. And that's very like London, you know, I mean, you go into wow. a hotel and there'll be black glossy subway with white grout, all four walls. And, and you're like, gosh, this is so chic, you right, know? Right. And so it kind of has that essence in a way. Yes, yes, for sure. So, Christine, thank you so much for sharing your personal story with us and then giving us a peek into your your design mind. I want to I want to dig into your philosophical mind a little bit to wrap up and ask you why does style matter? Mhm. That is philosophical. And I remember thinking about this too. And so I, I think style, not, I think style matters because environment matters. And especially when we are talking about mental health, you know, design, it, it's like art. It evokes feelings in people that may not be in other people. And so you really have to be, it's really tailored to that specific person their needs and their taste and what brings them peace and comfort and a sense of belonging and a sense of place. And, and so it's the, you know, style is that missing link between what matters to them. And so it's really a form of expression. And, you know, when you walk into a space, your mind and your body have an initial reaction, whether you kind of notice it or not. And so bringing style into someone's life is really the exact reason that I get to live out my passion every day. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank I really you. appreciate this conversation. It's so much fun yeah. and I'm looking forward to people seeing your work. Thank you so much. It was great to be here and we'll talk soon. Good. Okay. I hope that was helpful and inspiring do check out our website, littleyellowcouch.com, where you can see photos and links from this episode, learn about my slow style approach to design, and grab your free style guide to get you started on your signature style today. Have a great week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.